There it is. And yeah. so you create this feedback-rich environment. Right. And that translates then into teams and how people coach each other because you've got that sustainability. And in fact, the book itself actually adds to that because now you've got the content. You've got the manual. Sure. It's 52 lessons in leadership. Yeah. So once a week, if a cohort group gets together and explores one lesson in the course of a year, they've approached just about every leadership challenge imaginable. It's a good baseline. Another question for you here. Section one is entitled, Your Choice to Be a Leader. People choose to be leaders, obviously, but it strikes me there are some people who really don't choose to be a leader and they end up being a leader because circumstances have forced them or their companies into a leadership role or it has been decided that they are a leader kind of thing. Now, you and I both know that that's a loaded, you know, sure. fraught with disaster, that second one way of approaching it. The best experiences are when people step up and actually choose leadership. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely correct. They want to own it. Yeah, and there's a couple of things going on here. One is there's managers and there's leaders. And people are appointed as managers, typically. So often it's someone that was perhaps the strongest technical person in the group. And mm -hmm. so let's make him the manager, make her the manager. And what happens is management is about control. And so when we think about we need managers in organizations because we have to put together plans. We have to conform to those plans as an industrial engineer. Somebody's got to keep score here. Right. As an industrial engineer, we were obsessed about this kind of control. And right. what happens when you control is you actually sure. do get what you're looking for, but you don't get any more. People do what you ask them to do because they have to. And you have this conformance kind mm -hmm. of idea. And so what we talk about in the book is this idea of leadership, which is not about control, it's about unleash, mm -hmm. right? So we need management, there's no doubt, we gotta keep score. And managers are typically appointed. The difference in leadership is leaders can come from anywhere. They and just sort of rise up. Exactly, and the other thing that's really important here is that you can learn to be a leader. So we talk about stepping up. You have to have a it mindset. It can be taught. It can be taught. Right. It's, it's a set of behaviors, and like anything else, it can be taught. It's mm. not easy. You know, no. I think it was Vince Lombardi that said, you know, uh, leaders are not born, they're made, and they're yeah. made every, the way every other thing of value is through hard work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so here you have it in the book. The idea is, here's your recipe. Sure. Are you familiar with Henry Mintzberg? No. He's a professor out of Canada. We've done a couple of programs with him, but he's a bit of an uh, iconoclast. He's in academia. He's well-known, highly regarded, published author, thought leader, professor, whatever. And he's all over. If you're going to put college courses together and graduate degrees, they should be all about management. You should learn the rocking and rolling of logistics and monitoring and getting stuff done and the technical side of management. He said, but leadership, you got to lead. I can't pop you in a classroom and lecture you and assume that you're going to come away with a degree in leadership. It's something you have to, you have to learn how to drive the car. You know, you have to learn how to drive the bus. You have to get a bunch of people together and whatever military or sports analogy Use you metaphor, want, right? you know, get to from point A to point B, you know, score a goal unit, whatever the heck it is. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yes and no. So uh, first is, uh, you know, there's a section in the book about commit yourself to profits that talks about at the end of the day, people love you and they'll follow you and those kinds of things. But if you're not driving a profitable organization, it's, it's really what was the mm -hmm. point here, especially if we're talking about, you know, a for-profit organization. And in a lot of cases, the NGOs and nonprofits, it's the same thing. You're after, exactly. you have to get funding. It's right? a group of people. It is. And so there is that 
component of it, which is you got to drive there, you got to control your costs, you got to invest in those kinds of things which are going to yield you costs. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a section in the book on that. In fact, a lot of that work is built on uh, Bob Pfeiffer's work right. on uh, double your profits. I find him to be really interesting because of his succinct and very declarative kind of nature to his work. So I like that people cut to the chase. One of my pet expressions that people in the room are going to roll their eyes at when I say um, is everything would be okay if people weren't involved, you know, people are that, you know, wonderful, terrible component of anything you do. They, they come with talents and superpowers and strengths and skills and immense things, but they also come with emotional aspects and behavioral issues and stuff like that. How does a leader in your mind really drive that soft side or that chaotic side of people, of individuals? Yeah, one of my favorite chapters in the book is about leading empathetically. And I use this this metaphor of the telescopes and binoculars, I'll call it, where if you think about it, there's actually three relations.